Frank to our Book Talk segment of the program. Great to welcome today a woman who's written a very interesting and a very helpful book as well. It is called The Art of Talking with Children, The Simple Keys to Nurturing Kindness, Creativity, and Confidence in Kids. We're joined today by Rebecca Rowland. Uh, she is a uh, Harvard faculty member, also an oral language specialist, and uh, she's based up in uh, the Boston area. And she joined us for a few minutes to talk about the book. And Rebecca, good to talk with you. How are you? Great. How are you? I'm doing great. I had a chance to, to read through the book. I'm glad you wrote it because uh, I, I know if you've studied this and worked with this and uh, just my observations in general, I think the art of uh, talking in general, not just with children, but uh, with everybody, has kind of uh, taken a, a back seat uh, the last oh, 10 or 15 years with uh, people looking at their phones all the time. Sure. So I'm, I'm glad you wrote it. <laughs> Oh, great. Thank you. Yes, I, actually, a lot of people have commented it's good for not just talking with children, but with anyone. I think the art of conversation in general uh, is just, uh, it's lacking. I guess, you know, before radio and TV, that's all people did was talk to each other. That was entertainment, and that came in, and uh, I guess that for that time, people probably said the same thing, but I think we're seeing more of it now, aren't we? Just people staring at their phones or their laptops or computers all day, particularly kids, they don't really learn how to do this properly, right? And people talking to kids, they, they don't know how to do it, right? Exactly. Yes, I think all of us have these challenges, and not just with the technology, although that's a piece of it, for sure, but I think we are just so rushed and kind of, we can be so on autopilot, just, you know, full schedules, everybody's busy, and really not taking the time to value conversation as much as we should. Yeah, I know, I know you break it down into uh, eight different uh, uh Chapters, obviously, but in the book, t- different types of, of uh, talking to kids. And I guess the overall uh, theme you use is rich talk. Is that right? Yes, exactly. So I really talk about kind of a way of talking that makes our conversations meaningful in ways that don't take a ton of time or that don't require any kind of advanced degree or anything like that. Um, and really, it's just about what I call the ABCs of rich talk. So being A is adaptive, just kind of going with the flow of your child. So if they're in a certain mood, you go with that. If they're, you know, really wanting to talk more, you go with that. Uh, B, the back and forth. So you really listen as much as you talk. And C, child-driven. So starting with, a, with what a child, you know, is engaged by, is interested in, or concerned by uh, can be a much more meaningful way to get started. Uh, listening, you just mentioned that word, is, is, a, is a key to it, too. Obviously, talking is part of it, but the other half is listening. And if you don't teach listening skills, uh, it's kind of useless, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. I think we, a lot of times we talk past each other. Or, you know, Especially with kids, we tend to come in with an agenda. We want to make a point, but we miss what kids are actually saying sometimes. Curiosity was one of the chapters in the book I found interesting, sparking your child's curiosity or lifelong curiosity, which in effect is is their ability to learn and be interested in things. So, And you give, throughout all these chapters, you give uh, ways to kind of open conversations or ask questions that are a little more open-ended, right? Exactly, yeah. So I talk about kind of closed-ended versus open-ended questions, which closed-ended is more like things that have one right answer. So how many things are there? What color is this? And you know, we often overemphasize those questions, especially with young kids. Um, but kids are much more engaged by answer your questions that don't actually have one right answer. So, you know, how could we change this to make a difference? Or how could we make this even more exciting? You know, that kind of question actually allows kids to build something different or to dream of something different um, rather than just saying, oh, five, you know, which doesn't do it. And, and getting their kids' imaginations working. I mean, uh, again, not you know, not to harp on it, but I mean, when you're staring at a phone or a screen or a TV, your imagination isn't working as hard as if maybe you're making up games or just look at learning things on your own, right? Just observing as a child. I'm talking about. Exactly. 
Yeah, and I think it really doesn't take much. So I was actually with my son. I have two kids, and I was with my five-year-old a little while ago when there was a snow day, and um, we had played all of our games, and he was really bored. And I actually just said to him, well, why don't we just turn over one of the board games, look on the back, and make some scotch tape racetracks, and we can make up our own game. Yeah. Some marbles, and, you know, let's just see what else we can make. And, you know, and that for him actually did really spark his imagination, and we played with that longer than we played with, you know, his actual board games. I remember as a kid, my, my parents would always tell me, you get the big box or something, you know, maybe some parents bought something big, and we'd have more fun playing with the empty box than any toy we had sometimes. <laughs> Which was your exactly. imagination, yeah, right? Cardboard box. Cardboard box. Empathy was another one that I think is very important, and that's something you really have. Parents really have to instill in children, and and just opening those conversations is important too. Yes, I think definitely um, the idea that empathy or feeling into another person's perspective—it's something that all kids have somewhat innately, but it's something we really need to build. So I talk about kind of a gas tank that needs to be filled. Uh, we really, you know, it's there, but it needs actual support in order to um, to improve. How did you put this book together? I know you obviously uh, Harvard uh, and, and on the staff there, and and, and your own uh, practice uh, you know, as a language specialist or dealing with. It. Did you just talk to a lot of different families or children? How did you put this together? Yeah, so really, I combined three things. So I have sort of my own stories as a parent, and my friends, you know, stories who are also parents. Um, those are more like the anecdotes. Then I also have things from my clinical work as a speech pathologist. And I also spoke with tons and tons of experts in different fields. So neuroscientists, psychologists, therapists, to really get across sort of what is the latest research in the science of conversation. Um, my hope was that it was partly stories and engaging, but it also brings the latest science as well in terms of what are the best strategies to have meaningful conversations. Are you finding, I guess, parents... A little more concerned, maybe. Just kind of what we talked about already. That uh, you know, they really have to kind of take uh, take charge of this particular thing. Whereas maybe twenty five, thirty years ago, it wasn't quite as big a deal. But now, with all the distractions, it is. Yes, I do find that. I think that sometimes if we just kind of let things go or kind of fall into our defaults, um, we do tend to see. You know, kids are either really anxious or worried about succeeding, and so they don't want to take time for conversations, or they are just kind of shut down or shut off. Um, sometimes on technology. And so I think it's all the more important now that we start to reprioritize conversation. I don't know if they still have this class. I remember in elementary school, I think once or twice a week, a speech teacher would actually come in and you'd have a speech class, uh, you know, learning to speak properly and also getting up in front of the class. Everybody had to do a, a speech now and then. Do they still do that? And if not, I guess they probably should, right? <laughs> Yes, actually, I mean, I don't think it's not a typical thing to do. I mean, I've seen that, yeah, some kids do um, do presentations and they still emphasize that, but I haven't seen as much as sort of a typical speech class, but I think it's a great idea. Yeah, I'm mean, just to get on from the child's perspective to, to learn to talk properly, and obviously uh, parents uh, to learn, and they'll get this from your book, to open these conversations with their kids, and, and it, it just takes a little time, right? I mean, it's all it is, a little effort, right? Exactly, yeah. So there's really some sort of simple tweaks you can take. It doesn't take... You know, tons of time, but just a little bit of intentionality and uh, just a few simple shifts that I think can really help in this way. Yeah, very, very well laid out. Again, eight different chapters, different types of uh, conversations you can have. And again, the art of the, the name of the book is The Art of Talking with Children, The Simple Keys to Nurturing Kindness, Creativity, and Confidence in Kids. And Rebecca Rowland has been our guest today. I know we have limited time, but if you'd give out a website or a place where we can get more information about the book. Sure, yeah. So my website is RebeccaRoland.com. So just two C's and Rebecca and two L's and Roland. 
Um, I also have my Facebook page, or you can find me on Twitter at Roland underscore RG. Great. Rebecca, pleasure talking to you. Congratulations on the book, and hopefully we can do it again. But thanks for being with us today. Oh, thanks so much. This is a pleasure. I'm Stan Brock. 30 years ago, I formed Remote Area Medical to help people overseas. But then we found generations of families in America isolated by poverty from the health care they need. Together, we can take dental, vision, and medical help to a million adults and their kids right here at home in the United States of America. 